Welcome to another episode of Mental Conversations, a podcast focusing on positive mental health and overcoming the struggles of life. My name's Chris Sutton, and I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited because today I'm joined by a lady with the coolest name in the world, if you're a James Bond villain. Okay. Yeah? Um, it's Rebecca Swaznabar. Welcome. Thank you. I always think of that, because you've got... Uh, is your, your dad's Bolivian. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just... The, it is just... I know, but it's not my name anymore. No, we don't have to go there. Just but, tell but people it is. But it, it is. Yeah, you're right. It is. <laughs> it's how I know you. Yeah. And it's how I think of you. Yeah. So, anyway, thank you for being on the show. Um, today, we're going to talk about um, postnatal depression. Yep. So, you have two little people. I do. How are they? Uh, they were still asleep when I left the house, believe it or not, which Lying. has never happened since I've been back to work. So, um... <gasps> And I've just thought of something. Happy birthday. Oh, thanks. Thank you. I forgot. We've been together for, what, 10 minutes now, and I forgot it was your birthday no, today. No, it's fine. They gave me the best present, which was sleeping in, unfortunately. Uh... Oh, so you've not seen them yet? No. Well, I've seen them. I'll right. see them later. It's yeah. fine. Okay. Well, you're here with me. I so am. Even what, better. What, what a consolation prize <laughs> that is. Well, we're here with our Colby's coffee. Yeah. Um, we've just been in to see Ali. Um... So, we're all ready to go. How does your, just out of interest, how does your older daughter find having a little sister? She um, she loves it. She's really, really, um, she's very loving and she's very, she shares all her things. Um, it's just not always reciprocated. Yeah. So, uh, there's quite a lot of jealousy at the how, moment. How old are they now? So, um, Adelina is four and a half nearly. Alessia was one on Halloween. Right, okay. So um, she's a great, great big sister. She's very helpful. Um, but I can see things starting to become slightly less... I, it's interesting, though, because I, I think that, um, like lots of things, when, when two individuals come together, you there's like a... It's not like a territorial... Maybe it is a territorial thing for little kids, but... Um, there's just a, a pecking order that almost needs to be adhered to or some kind yeah. of, some, I, like, because, but I think once you get past that, it can really, like, flourish. So my two kids are four, and Isla's four and a half and Alfie's two, and they just get on so well. They very rarely argue. They sometimes throw things at each other, <laughs> but I'm not sure if they're doing it deliberately <laughs> or, and they might, you know, hit out or something if they're out in a, in a, having a paddy. But they essentially get on with each other so well now that the kind of ground rules are yeah. set. Yeah, I mean, no one can make um, Alessia laugh like her big sister. Yeah, same, yes, it's the same. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's so, yeah, they're a, wonder, they're a wonderful thing. They they're are. They're a wonderful thing. They're almost like people. Always, <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, we, so we, you very kindly sent me um, an email um, saying that you were in, enjoying listening to the show. Yeah. And... Um, and that you were getting a lot out of it, and then you were really open about how um, you'd been through this postnatal depression and anxiety after, uh, you know, after the birth of your little girl. Um, and me being me, straight away was like, Mr. Insensitive was straight away like, oh, you should come on the show then. <laughs> but, but what I was thinking was, it, it is, it's a huge subject, and it's something that I've mentioned to people over the last couple of weeks and said, oh, I've got this lady coming on, and, and they've got, and I, really, they've, the interest I've had just from people I've spoken to has put me under a bit of pressure, actually. Yeah, they're I going, pressure now. No, I don't mean it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's just me and you. There's no one else here. But, like, they've been saying to me, oh, God, that, that's a really good subject. There's so many people could benefit from that. Yeah. And one of the things you'd said to me was about how open you've been, been about it. So, um, 
So can you tell me or tell us what what is it about? What what happens? What happened for you? Well, I think for me, now I look back on it, um, it was something that was building for years and years and years and years. Mm. Um, so I'd always had anxiety, mm. um, and having one child kind of exacerbated everything, um, and I really really struggled in the first few months. Um, but then things kind of levelled out and I managed to kind of function with my anxiety and one child and that kind of was life. Mm-hmm. And everybody around me accepted I'm just that kind of person. Mm. Um, and it didn't kind of stop me doing anything, it didn't stop me enjoying life particularly. But having a second child, I think it was just too much. Mm. And coupled with having a difficult baby. And I really wanted the easy second child. And I just didn't get it. And she is the most difficult, complicated baby (laughs) in the world. I love her so much, but she is just the most unpredictable thing. And I just don't think I could cope with that unpredictability and lack of control. So my anxieties were building and building and building. And then it turned into this depression which I've never experienced before in my life I'm very Mm. used to anxiety yeah um but this was something different and it kind of built up and built up and then exploded when my mum asked me she's like I think you might have postnatal depression um and when I realized that it kind of all got so much worse I think I let it all out um and it was a very 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 dark time I was um so depressed didn't wasn't interested in anything so what are you thinking what what's going through your head then i think i was just hopeless i just was so unhappy with my life yeah i um didn't want to have this baby that i had i you know i knew that i loved her but i knew that i didn't want her i knew that this isn't what i signed up for i wanted this baby to fit in around me um, and I really genuinely just wanted someone to take her away yeah. and love her, like really, really look after her and then bring her back to me yeah. when she's older and not so complicated and she's in a routine. And It's interesting, actually, because the, the, one of the first words you said there was control, mm. you know, and, that, and I think that's quite a theme of, of anxiety across the board, you know, is that not being in control of something. So, you know, so I'm, I don't want to take away from the subject, but... Um, you know, as you know, I'm I'm a very anxious person and live with anxiety on a daily basis, and just about the most silly little things, but they all build up and build up. But all of them are things I can't control. Yeah. You know, even with this beautiful studio we're in, you know, I've got it booked until half nine or whatever. We're doing a half an hour podcast. Yeah. We started it at twenty past eight, and I'm thinking, are we going to finish in time? I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. You know, like, but. And I'm also thinking, what if someone walks in? What if something? These are things you can't control. No. So when you kind of lose that, when you lose an element of control, you feel vulnerable, I suppose, don't you? Yeah. But a baby, a real life living. You can't control them in the slightest, can not you? Not at all. And I think with having the second one, there was other stuff going on as well. So there was another child that I had to look after. Yeah. There was a house that needed more attention because there's more people in it. Yeah. Um, there was my husband who was trying to um, hold everything together. Um, and then there was this baby that, um, you know, needed looking after and uh, and she was, she was complicated. She had loads of issues. Nothing serious, but enough to sort of cause concern. Yeah. I mean, 
it, it, I mean, it's an incredible amount to take on, isn't it? To take on mentally, to take on psychologically. So um, when you were, I mean, I, I get the bit when you said about, you know, wanting him to, to take her away and bring her back when she's kind of trained almost. It's like, how, like how did you, when you, you said about having the, almost the label put on it when your mum yeah. said about it. So what happened then? There was like a, a sen initial sense of relief as to, okay, this is what this is. Mm. Um, but then I think I started to be more honest with how I was feeling. So things kind of got worse. Yeah. Um, but at that time, um, the health visitor was involved. Um, I went to the GP straight away, I think that day. Um, and they put me on antidepressants. Um, and then I self-referred to a mental health team and then got... Um, re-referred to sort of a, a more intensive mm. um, support team. There's a lot of support going on around me. What do they do then? What support do they give you? What I ended up, so I, ha I was having loads of assessments. Um, I must have had about five or six because I've got a baby and so that, that puts me in a different bracket. So they're yeah. concerned, you know, they've got to make sure that the baby's safe and they've got to make sure that I'm safe and yeah. um, which is a good thing because it means I'm on the radar. Yeah, um, of course. So um, but I ended up with um, being assigned a mental health nurse and she just really came to visit me and talk to me and um, her visits and the health visitors' visits became my only kind of routine. Mm. But that was really important for me to have. How, how regularly did they come and visit you? Then? So the health visitor was every week and um, the nurse was... It, it was more intensive at the start, so maybe once a week and then it, it became less and less as I was starting to feel better. Um, but and I would still talk to her on the phone. <clears throat> and what's right? So, so what do they actually do then? So they, so is is it like a? I'm trying to work out, I suppose, uh, like um, referring it to things I know about. Mm. Like, so I've been through therapy, like numerous therapies, uh, but psychotherapy in particular was very helpful to me. So, is it when you say a mental health nurse? Is it someone who's talking to you about? your thoughts, feelings, behaviours. Yeah, and she was trying to help me kind of regain my life back because mm. I wasn't leaving the house. I, I literally couldn't leave the house. Right. Um, and I could do anything. I, I wasn't doing anything apart from looking after the baby. Mm -hmm. And even that I sometimes couldn't do. So she was trying to make sure that I was setting goals, talking about what I was worried about, um, trying to look to the future. And she was doing things like making sure I was on... Um, the right medication, she upped my dose, yeah, those yeah. kinds of things. So it was it was quite holistic. And un, and just in a pra in a practical sense, if you're um, breastfeeding, you could take you could still have the. Yeah, I wasn't at that time, but yeah, there there are um, nowadays. There's loads of different medications you can take when you're breastfeeding. Right. Um. So it's not it's not a barrier yeah. to. Um, to seeking if you want if that's okay. the right thing and for me that was the right thing um, it's, a, it's a good I, I suppose what I'm thinking of is like while whilst I'm listening to your story I'm trying to th I'm trying to think of it from the perspective of someone else who's listening as well and mm. thinking it's helpful to, to you know I might have thought oh you can't take antidepressants if you're breastfeeding or you <coughs> know so so if someone's out there and they're going through this now mm. it's like well, okay well, what kind of support then and so that, that's why I'm really interested in like what the, when the nurse, when the mental health nurse comes to visit, yeah. what are they saying? So I've been involved in like health visitor visits where they're quite or relative or relatively light touch and they're asking how, or they'll weigh the baby and, you know, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. 
but but for a mental health nurse um certainly looking out for safety for your safety and the safety of your two children yeah you know um i'm wondering how they do that what what that what that support is like yeah I, I, the difficulty with me is by the time it does take time to get these referrals through. So the quickest the quickest support is the GP because that yeah. can happen on the day and also the health visitor. Um, I probably really underestimated how important that role is mm-hmm. um, and she was um, probably the most important person for me, more than the mental health nurse mm. because she was there every week. She was um, getting me appointments at the doctors when I couldn't face ringing them. She yeah. was. She would let me just talk <clears throat> about my obsessive thoughts about um, the baby and sleep and all those kinds of things, um, and that was the most regular thing yeah. that I had. What an amazing role to have! It is absolutely, yeah. and, and the other bit that she did that is so so important is talked to my family and my husband about depression right. and anxiety and about trying to understand how I'm feeling. Because it was, it was just the health visitor. This is the health visitor. Right, yeah, okay, I yeah. mean, and I don't know if this is. Um, normal. No, I um, think it probably. I yeah. think it probably is. Yeah. Like, like when I said. I mean, when I said a minute ago, I wasn't belittling it. The, the when I've been present with a health visitor, it was a light touch visit, is yeah. what I meant. Um, but I think what they actually do is, yeah, I do think it's very in depth it was, and very supportive. Yeah. And she said some really, really important things to the people around me about, you know, because the things I was worrying about and and have worried about are like you were saying earlier they're little things and if you don't worry about them yourself they don't make any sense mm. so i'm i made a list one day of all the things i was worried about and it's like the most ridiculous list Have now you still got it? i've still got it yeah I, I, i've got it because i was writing a diary at the time one of that's one of the things i did and it was like i was worried about the cleaner coming that was like one of my biggest fears like what, what, the cleaners what were you worried coming. about just the fact that she was going to be there and how was i going to work around her and was she going to wake the baby? And I was worried about running out of formula. I was worried about running out of the white noise machine, yeah, running out yeah. of batteries. I was worried about this in the future. And like, I was like, look at this list. I was exhausted just reading it. And that yeah. is one snapshot in time of what was in my head. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't that unusual from pre, pre kind of this postnatal depression. No, but you've bit. just got, you've got like a, a gazillion extra things exactly. t- coming into your senses, yeah. you know, like, um, because, it, I mean, one of the interesting things for me when you contacted me was about the fact that you were saying that it was for your second child. And I suppose some people, like, you would, you knew what was coming in terms of that you'd already had a child, yeah. but it's doubling up. It's all the, yeah. know, it's all that additional you know, it is, it is an amazingly intense time, isn't it? And I think it was always going to happen for me. Things were always going to come to a head in my life, I think. Yeah. Um, but I think having the, a first child kind of raised things up a bit and then having a second just made it unmanageable. So do you think... Um, is there a... Well, you, if you don't know the answer to this, then that's fine, we can move on. Is there a chemical thing that happens with postnatal depression? There can, yeah, I, there can be. Um, th- there's there's lots of stuff that happens after you have a baby. So like your hormones do <clears throat> all sorts of crazy things mm. after you've had a baby. Like some, what is it like? Um, some things drop within like three days. You know, like it, your body's doing crazy things. A lot of people, I think, 
are affected by that and that's where you get the baby blues right um people talking about that which happens quite soon after the birth okay, yeah. and that's quite normal and should settle down um but then there are other sorts of things going on in your body longer term that i think can impact whether you have you know feelings of depression but for me i think it was always there yeah and having a baby this is the thing i have this this thing about the phrase postnatal depression it's just it is depression after having a baby mm -hmm. but you put postnatal in front of it and it starts to sound a bit scary yeah and a yeah, bit yeah. kind of ominous yeah, I th yeah, and I think for me, I I I just um, all my anxieties and things built up. Baby was the catalyst. Yeah, for that happening. Well, I, right, that makes a lot of sense to me because uh, I suppose what I'm what yeah what I was trying to think of was, is it different? You know, or what? Sorry, what's the difference between depression? It, it may be an irrelevance to work to even be thinking about it, but like. What's the difference between, not necessarily the depression, but say the anxiety that goes along with yeah. it? And I was trying to think, well, is it because of chemicals that have, have happened because of the birth? There must be something around that, of course. And yeah, and if you have and, a difficult birth, yeah. I think that can also really... that's traumatic. Exactly, you and you've got to kind of come to terms with that, but you don't really have time to do that because yeah. you're trying to keep a human alive. Yeah, and then on top of all of that, you've got the all of these additional things to be worried about and all these different things. But, but, but so one of the things, when you look at that list now, um, so that, so have you replaced those worries or have you overcome those worries or what's happened? I think what, what I, so I'm on antidepressants and for me, when I got on the right dosage, I felt a shift in my head. Right. So I was tr I was trying to think about this before I came on here, and so I've always had this kind of negative voice that kind of fuels my anxieties. Yeah, you know, um, but now I feel like I've got a counter voice that's louder. That See, can it kind of it blows my mind how a pill can do that. I know. I don't, you know, because I've because I've been on antidepressants previously, and and I always thought, okay, I I kind of get how if you've got a headache, you take a tablet and it could do something although I don't get it but you know yeah or or I can I kind of get that if you've got acid reflux in your stomach and you take a Rennie um then it it's chalky so it kind of you, you know you can kind of see it you yeah. know what I mean whereas with you think how can something change your thoughts I know how can it change so it's interesting because I'm not sure exactly how it works but I know that for me there was certainly a kind of numbing of the Pain. I felt like I was in pain all of the time mm -hmm. when I was really struggling with depression, and like, and someone asked me where does it hurt, and I was like, just everywhere. It feels like I'm on fire. Like I just, it just hurts. And they were like, well, where, what, what does it feel like? And I was like, I don't, I can't explain yeah. it. I'm just, it just really hurts, and I want it to go away. And I think that the the antidepressants at that time for me kind of numbed the pain a bit. So that, and I think with the pain numbed it meant that I was able to think clearer, I think, is probably the best way I can yeah. explain it. I don't know Whereas I, I felt numb, and the antidepressants for me lifted that okay. so I could feel again. Wow, okay. So that is so, that's so crazy, isn't so it? So it's like, an, maybe it's an equilibrium thing then. So it's like, a, you know, if you've got two, weigh two scales, 
I'm doing this with my hands like people can see. <laughs> you can see me. Um, you know, that, that maybe it's like I was perhaps um, up here on fire and you were down here yeah, numb. Yeah, yeah. And that perhaps the, the medication brings you back to this central point. Um, so, and that's just where you want to be. You, you actually want to get to a place where, so for me, I wanted to get to a place where I wasn't feeling the pain. And you're like, I want to get to a place where I can feel something. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, that's, inter- that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so you, so having, having experienced anxiety before, did that... I'm trying to work out if that was helpful or... It was, it was unhelpful for the people around me because there was this kind of feeling of, it's just me. Hmm. I am an anxious person. I've always worried about... Um, you know, sleep, baby sleep. When my older daughter was younger, that was I was obsessed with it. I was obsessed with it until my other daughter was born. You mean like how much sleep she's yeah, getting? Yeah, like getting into, you know, this is how much sleep she needs in the day, this is how much sleep she needs in the night. And Didn't you say to me once that you, I'm, I'm sure it was you who said this to me, um, that you don't go into her room until seven in the morning. Yeah. Is that right? Oh, yeah, that was that was my old Your rule. older daughter, when you just when you have one um, child. Yeah, yeah. I, I have broken that rule since. <laughs> with, with well, the, yeah, she doesn't it's a pleasure night, though, when the clocks change. Actually, do you know what? She was all right, actually. <laughs> but but that, that, that made it harder to, to diagnose me, because um, when how, how is it just, this is how I am. Yeah. I'm an anxious person and this is a difficult time. You know, things are difficult. Yeah. So it, it wouldn't be normal for me to be really happy about what was going on because yeah. it, it was really hard. Yeah, yeah. But where, you know, when when does it, like, flip to being just a difficult time finding it hard to postnatal depression, yeah, yeah, I yeah. need help. Yeah. You know, that is a really, really hard thing to see. And I don't think, I think it's really hard to see it yourself. Yeah. Um, and really hard for people around you to see it because they're trying to keep things together at the same time. Yeah, of course they are, yeah. But so in terms of what you've done about it then, um, what's so how have you got to the point you are now? Cause you, or where are you now? I, I mean, now I would say I feel the best I've probably ever felt in my life. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. And, and, I, and I, I look back on, and it, it really, the scary thing is it really wasn't that long ago. So um, we're in October, no, we're in November, sorry, and December time I was starting to feel not so great, January, that was kind of the the pinnacle point. Yeah. So I'm less than a year, yeah. um, you know, past it, but I feel great. Um, and the, the things that I did at the time to kind of pull myself out of that situation, um, so I, I wrote a diary, mm-hmm. for me I found that so, so helpful, because a, it was giving me a bit of routine. So at the end of every night um, yeah. or every day, I would write up my day. Mm-hmm. And it started off, because I've re- I read it back now, really like negative, I hate my life, I, you know, I just blah, blah, blah. Um, and then I started to try and change it. So I would write my achievements for the day at the end of every entry. Yeah. So this is what I've achieved. And I, okay. my goals for the next day. And they were tiny things like I'm yeah, going like to step outside today. I'm going to like we're going to get some fresh air in the garden today. Yeah. Um, or so would, would would you then reflect back the next day that you'd done it? Yeah. Or yeah. Would you allow yourself? Were you in a position mentally to allow yourself a pat on the back for doing? It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think so, yeah. I would definitely. And there were days when I was like, "This has just been a rubbish day. I've, I've achieved nothing." But I always, if I because I told myself I have to finish every day with some goals. It kind of the day didn't feel like it was wasted because I was mm. 
trying to look for some positives in the next day. Okay. So that I found so, so helpful. Um, other things that really helped me, um, music, singing. Like, I've, there is, there's a lot of evidence that says that singing yep. can really help um, with depression. And my mum told me to do it, and I thought, oh, she's just crazy. Um, but actually... It really, really helps. Sometimes Amazing. I would sing at the top of my voice. Episode 15 on Mental Conversation. Is it? Oh, I've not. It's not. <laughs> it is, is yeah. it? Oh, no, I've not listened to that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I um, met with Louise Hornsey, um, and who is, um, she, she's, she's got a degree in psychology, um, but she, we talked about singing. I said, do you want to come on the show and talk about that? Yeah. And she went, eh, I'll talk about singing. And I was like, okay, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, listen to it. It's really good, actually. It's really I'll have to. Yeah, that really helped. Let me. I've, I've made a few notes. I'm trying to remember some of the other stuff that I did. Uh, my family w- were fantastic. My friends were amazing. They would just do little things like um, just send me a, a, like a message saying, "Hi, you know, like this is what I'm doing today." Yeah. They weren't asking anything of me. Yeah. They were just keeping in contact. And, yeah. And that was um, that was know, so so helpful. Do you know? I think as well one of the things that because you put this on your um, your email to me was you were open about it yeah how do, do you think that was beneficial absolutely absolutely and i don't know i don't know where where that decision came from i'm quite an open person anyway um but i just kind of once i understood what what i had um i kind of thought well pe- everybody that knows me needs to know yeah yeah um and i and i'm i never ever felt um ashamed mm-hmm. of of what i was going through um because i was trying to understand it and I just thought people that know me and love me will understand yeah and if I want to get better these people need to know I can't get better without them knowing that's a really I think that's a really powerful message you know because because I I do think yeah that that people any struggling with any kind of depression or anxiety you know there's there's no shame in it there's and it actually is helpful to reach out to get support from people yeah Um, and they want to help you you know, friends exactly. and family want to help each other. They love you. You know, they, so you know, you, you that that's a great thing to do. It's a great message. And it, I mean, it's and it's who I am. You know, I, th- this is me. Yeah. I, you know, and that's what I'm going through. So it, it it just made sense to include people around me in that. Yeah. The other thing that you said earlier on was, um, and you've you've just alluded to it a bit there, but was like this action plan. You said having an action plan. It's something I've heard recently. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and uh, I was listening to one recently with um, the um, the ex world heavyweight boxing champion Tyson Fury, who's uh, um, openly struggled with depression, and and he said the one thing that sort that has sorted him out is having a, a goal. Yeah. And it, no matter how small or mm-hmm. how big. He constantly has to set a goal. If he's got nothing to aim for, he feels lost. Yeah. So he constantly has to reassess almost like daily or whatever. What am I going to try and achieve? But that keeps him, you know, happy. It keeps him. It's really, it's a really helpful thing to do, especially when you're in that, um, in that feeling of like depression and hopelessness, because a, if you achieve something, you feel great. Yeah. And B, it kind of gets you to look up yeah. rather than down. Yeah. You know, when you're depressed, you just, you just see in front of you. Um, and for me, when I'm anxious, I just look ahead. Whereas now, I, I'm just here. Yeah. I'm just more in the present. Okay. And that, and that is the nicest feeling. It's a really hard thing to do. That I think it's a really hard thing to, to you know, they they say, don't they? Depression is looking at the past, and anxiety is looking at the future. Yeah. So like, if you can live mindfully and live now, 
and I've heard I've heard people say that, and I try to I try to do that, but I, I find I must admit I find that really hard. I mean, I don't I don't do it. I can't do it all the time, and I've had tests. You know, it's not been that long, so I'm you know there's still going to be things that are going to come up that I'm going to have to deal Address with. And, yeah. Exactly. I'm not like I, I am predisposed to being anxious. But, but you but like the other thing that's that's that I think is helpful that you just said there about. Um, going through more tests and I actually have found you know one being open about things but and two I found going through different therapies and things I I prefer it if I'm seeing some you know seeing a therapist of sorts yeah so I currently uh, am like financially don't I'm not necessarily in a position to be paying for therapy and I don't want to use NHS resources because you know to see a therapist on the NHS because I'm in as strong a position mentally as I've probably ever been but I know I benefit from it so I have like a mentor um, who I've asked if I can say his name on this and he said no <laughs> um, but um, I'll tell you off air because you know him um, but but yeah a guy I used to work with who who was kind of offered to be that safe space for me to go and talk to and it's just so helpful for me to be in that role of no and it kind of puts you in that position that you're on a path you're not uh, you know this whole thing about you're not at a destination you're no. you're you're actually just you're continually going to be tested if you like yeah and that's i don't find that helpful yeah and it's okay you know it's it's so it's okay to not feel okay all the time yeah. you know and that that i know when i first started to feel better um that's what people around me struggled with is when I had a bad day, being like, "Oh, it's all over." You yeah. know, I'm back to ha you know, and I, and I and I was the one saying, "Look, it's this is fine. Yeah. Today is a bad day because it's there's loads of things that have happened that haven't been great. Yeah. But that's okay. It's okay for me to feel it's, negative. And feel, yeah, I know it, it is. I, you're, you're spot on. I think one of the, one of the interesting things with mental health when you get some kind of insight into it through experience is that sometimes you don't know when it's going to strike. Mm. So there are days where I'll kind of, you know, it's almost like comically you kind of open one eye and go, how am I feeling? You know, like it's literally like, I don't know, what it, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to open both eyes and in a minute I'm either going to be swamped with this, oh God, I feel awful, or I'm going to be with this, oh yes, it's a good day. Yeah. And you think, wow, how can, again, control. It's yeah. like how I can't, you know, in lots of ways you can't be in control of it. But there are things you can do and uh, to put yourself in that better position. Sleep is another one of them. You're obsessed with like Adelina's sleep. But yeah. Sleep for you must be a big. Yeah, well, and I could, uh, when I was um, when I was really depressed, I couldn't sleep. Yeah. And that, I mean, that if it's just awful. It's just my heart. I used to would go to bed. You know, I was so exhausted, and I knew I had like a small window to sleep before she would wake up again. Yeah. And. Um, I would lie there and my heart would just be racing mm. and I just couldn't sleep and then it, it was just and the more you can't sleep obviously the worse things are and even now it, I'm not great on on broken sleep you yeah know, that's I'm not a morning person and all those kinds of things so I know that but um not being able to sleep was just awful yeah I can imagine and knowing that like again this is about control that if I get to sleep I'm not in control of how long I stay asleep because she will wake up yeah. and wake me up yeah. and and I can't do anything about that. That's so hard. I mean, it, so we're, we're coming towards the end. Unbelievable. It flies by. But um, so what would you say to people if you could, you know, just a couple of things, what would, the, what would be the main takeaways for someone who perhaps is going through this now? 
<clears throat> a few, well, okay, one thing. It's not a one-size-fits-all. Mm-hmm. So um, postnatal depression and anxieties is, I think, is a very personal experience. So, you know, don't feel like you have to tick all these boxes. You know, yeah. if you are feeling unhappy most of the time, mm-hmm. then, you know, just talk to people, talk to your GP, get all the help that's around there. Because once you start opening up, it becomes so much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so talking about it, you know, to as many people as possible, just for me, just makes it, you don't have to pretend to be somebody else no. when when people know about it. Okay. And don't feel guilty about it. It doesn't make you a bad mother. No. It makes you really brave for, you know, owning up to it and doing something about it. Because if you want to be a good parent, you've got to look after yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with getting help. Medical, medical help, you know, antidepressants, counselling, all those kinds of things. You need to feel good about yourself to be a good parent. And small steps then. You know. Small steps, goals, you know, try, if, if, if you're feeling a lack of control, you know, there are small things you can control in your life, like writing a diary, like setting goals, like just singing once a day or whatever, you and, know. And the other thing is the, the knowledge that you have that there is another side to it, you know, you, you can get through to the other side, Yeah, is something that I think if I ever went back into a kind of depressive state or it, I, I remember when I was having like periodic really bad days even on the bad days I was able to think oh I think it'll get better I just have to kind of ride this wave if you like yeah this, like because I know it's been better before so it's that it's that kind of memory of what the future might be if that makes yeah. sense yeah and then and then another thing I did was try and um see the like the really nice things in the day so like really little things like Alessia smiled today. Yeah. Or I, and I remember one thing, I put her in clothes. I couldn't, I, I, she was in grow, like baby grows yeah. for the first, and she had so many clothes. So I started to dress her in clothes and then that was something I looked forward to every day yeah. was putting her in a nice outfit. Yeah, great. And it was the tiniest thing but it made me really happy. Yeah. Um, and it felt like I've achieved something. And I think, so, you know, if you identify something that can actually break through and can make you happy, do it. Yeah. Do it again, you know. Look, we've, we've run out of time, but um, I've loved having you on the show. And thank you for coming in so early on your birthday. Again, You're welcome. Happy birthday I wouldn't again. do it for anyone. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I think lo- lo- hopefully loads of, loads of women out there will, will, will have benefited from that. And loads of men will have benefited from trying to understand what, what their other halves are going through. So um, thank you. And thank you guys out there for listening. Uh, please follow me on Twitter at mentalcoms. That's M-E-N-T-A-L-C-O-N-V-S. And on Instagram, uh, Mental Conversations. Uh, and you can listen to this on iTunes, other podcast platforms, and another episode of Mental Conversations will be winging its way to you soon. <laughs>